Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome right. to New York. Oh. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of Mind Mind Podcast, podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devils fans? It is once again your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a really good day, a fantastic day, wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you, as always, for taking some time out of your day to check these episodes out. I really, really do appreciate it. This episode, like all of them, are sponsored by the people at DraftKings Sportsbook. Ladies and gentlemen, um, It has been a rough weekend for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, I don't really know exactly where this episode is going to go. You could tell, you know, you guys have listened to my podcast long enough to know when I don't start off with my typical Ric Flair woo, you know, right to start the episode. You know that it's one of two reasons. One, uh, there's it's a more serious podcast episode like I did last Monday or um it's because the team just hasn't been playing well and they don't deserve that type of excitement. And I've talked to you guys before about the fact that I try to be as authentic with you guys as possible. I try to speak uh, my opinion and my, you know, my feelings towards the team and what I've seen. And, you know, you will hear obviously my journalistic Uh, approach come out every now and then especially when I do game recaps Um, but when you have games like we just had between both the Predators on Friday and then the Islanders on Saturday there really honestly isn't a whole lot that you can go off of and and talk about Um, so this episode is going to be somewhat of a rant and just me venting my frustrations as a fan and look 
I understand if everybody, if there are people out there that are going to disagree with some of the things that I have to say, and people might disagree with what I thought, what I, what I personally had as my expectations going into the season and everything like that. But I also just want to simplify it for a lot of people because I want everybody to understand where a lot of the fans, especially people my age and certainly people who are much older, like my father, because we talk devil's hockey a lot. Um, I want them, I want you guys to understand where all of us are coming from and why we feel the way that we feel as just fans. So we have a bunch to get to as we normally do here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So I'm really just going to just, I, I really don't know where to start necessarily, but I'm going to basically start with uh, right off the bat, the last two games the Devils have played, there's no excuse. The Devils should have won both of these games. Uh, you come off of, winning your first game in those black alternates. You beat the Flyers, and yes, it is the Flyers. Um, but to be honest with you, the Flyers have won their last two games after losing to us. So, I mean, at least you can say that the, the Devils uh, beat a team that's recently, you know, played better hockey. But again, the Flyers have obviously been having a very, very bad season, to say the least, and really, really underperforming. As you saw with the decision to fire uh, Elaine Vigneault and, and make changes like that. But you go into the game against Nashville on Friday, and I was there. I had uh, my dad, my mom, my brother, and two of my good friends uh, that came to the game. So there's a total of six of us at this game. And this is the third game this year that I've gone to. I went to see them play Calgary. They lost that game. And I went to see them play the Sharks at home, and they lost that one. So I was coming in still having not seen this team win in person since late uh, 2018, early 2019. So you can imagine how frustrating it's been for me to not be able to go to a Devils game and leave celebrating a win. Um, I've gotten very used to leaving the Prudential Center, um, not celebrating wins, you know, being frustrated with a loss. Um but obviously, you know, it's not like the Devils haven't won games. It's just frustrating um, when you keep going to games, you keep buying tickets, and you're hoping that you get to go on a day where they do win. And most recently, you know, recently, they just haven't been able to. Um, but like I said, you go into this game against Nashville, and you know that you have a pretty solid shot of, um, of winning this game. And I remember Lindy Ruff said to the players um, after the win against the Flyers earlier last week, he said, let's use this win against the Flyers as a stepping stone. We finally broke the four game losing streak. You know, this is an opportunity for the team to get back on track, get going and start winning hockey games again. Um, and honestly, things got off to a relatively decent start. Like I honestly felt like the devil's, you know, came out of the gates and played relatively well. So I kind of had some hope that they were going to, you know, get things going. There was no score after the first period. Um, but then you go into the second period and the devil scored 
uh, to start it. It was um, it was Pavel Zaka, and it was just a great job by that first line of Zaka, Brett, and uh, Nico Heischer, where Nico was being pinned behind the net um, by two different Senators players. He was able to somewhat kick it over to Jesper Bragg. We kind of fired it right back at, in the slot. Zaka was wide open, and he beat the goaltender, um, UC Saros, and scored to make it one to nothing. Zaka's goal was his ninth of the year. Jesper Brack continuing to be, without a doubt, the hottest player on this team with his 16th assist of the season. Nico Heischer, number 13, getting his 13th assist of the season. But the Predators really wasted very little time. Less than two minutes later, they scored on a goal by Roman Yossi, who he got the puck right in the slot. He just went right up the center of the ice. Nobody was guarding him. Everybody else was playing like it was man-to-man defense, like it was in basketball. And Yossi beat uh, Blackwood far side and tied the game at one. And I've seen that a bunch this year where the Devils will score, but then they will immediately give it right back. And that, as a fan, is very frustrating because then you can't feel confident at all that this team is capable of holding on to a lead for more than maybe a minute or two. And that was the case here. Um, but the the frustration would not would not uh would not end that period as with a little bit over two minutes to go in the period, uh Tolvanen or Tolva Tolvanen, excuse me, uh for the Predators scored his fifth goal of the year on the power play was a shot. Um, from the left face-off circle, and he went far side, beating the glove of Blackwood and scored, and the Devils went down 2-1. to one. Um, What I did want to give credit where credit is due was Nico Heischer got into, I believe, what you could really consider his first fight, and he threw in a couple really good haymakers and actually won the fight pretty well. Um, and I gave him a lot of credit. I was surprised by that because Nico's not that type of uh, player. He doesn't do that a whole lot, but he said after the game that he wanted to step up um, and he wanted to stand up for himself. And he was frustrated with the fact that the team started off the period winning. And by the time the period was over, they were down two to one. And I mean, I'm going to be very honest with you guys. I really just didn't feel like there was a sense of urgency in that third period. I didn't feel like the team came out saying, Hey, we're only down by a goal. We need to get going here. It just kind of felt like the Devils slowed down. I don't know if they were tired. I don't know if the Predators were just doing a good job defensively. It just, I would say the majority of this game was pretty boring. It, there wasn't a whole lot of excitement, except obviously that big fight by um, by Nico Heischer. But that fight really didn't get the team going. It just, You would think that something like that would get the team fired up and they'd get going. It really just was not the case. It really wasn't. Um, the Devils would give up the third goal to Nashville and a goal by Trenning getting his fifth of the year. Um, and at that point, you know, you're, you have about roughly 13 and a half minutes to go in the game and you're down by two. And I remember sitting there in the stands thinking to myself, well, I think what's most likely going to happen is that the Devils will probably score another goal, make it three to two, and then probably give up an empty netter and they're going to lose four to two. Um, that, Almost happened, but not really, as the Devils pulled Blackwood with about three and a half minutes to go in the game. And then with a minute five to go, uh, the it was just a great passing sequence from Andreas Johnson to Jack Hughes, who fired it over to the other side in the slot, to um, to Sharon Govich, who just one-timed it, passed Saros into the net to make it three to two Nashville. So I said, okay, 
a minute of five is a, is a pretty long time. You, you have an opportunity to potentially score another goal and force overtime and, and have an opportunity to steal the game altogether once you get to extra time. But what really was so unbelievably frustrating was the fact that the Devils had about 35 seconds to go in the game and they're standing behind their own net waiting around for the rest of the team to set up and we're all screaming at them move the puck let's go come on come on and they they spent another 10 15 seconds there and by the time they got the puck even into the Nashville zone there was only about 15 seconds to go and then there was a little bit of a scramble in front of the net the devils were trying to whack away they couldn't score they called a timeout with 5 seconds left they tried to win the face off didn't win it at all and that was all she wrote as the devils dropped this one at home by the score of three to two. And like I said, very, very frustrating game by this Devils team. To me, it was just, it's just unacceptable. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I just, you're at home. You had several opportunities on the power play. You ended up out shooting the team, which again proves once, you know, just once again proves that, you know, you could have more shots on goal than the other team, but if you're not scoring on the chances that you create and the other team is, that's how it's going to go. And that was really the case in this situation. The Devils went 0 for 4 in the power play, which honestly should just not surprise anyone. With how bad Mark Recchi has been since he got here and how bad the power play has been, it doesn't surprise me that this team continuously gets worse and worse and worse on the power play. It, it just it drives me nuts. I hate it. And it sucked. And once and once again, we fall to the Predators, so we lose the season series, don't even get a point. Um, just really frustrating. Um, and then you knew the very next day you're going to the UBS arena for the first time, taking on the Islanders, who have dropped each of their first seven games at home. It They still, going into this game, had not won a game in that arena, which – is pretty remarkable, and it's been a really weird year for the for the New York Islanders. They've they got off to such a slow start. Um, injuries started to affect them. They had a COVID outbreak where they had to sit out a couple games, um, and even even now they're still not really rolling. I mean, they they finally got a win. They finally ended the, the losing streak uh, earlier this past week when they beat the Ottawa Senators. Something the Devils couldn't do for some dumb reason um but you know they played nashville on thursday they were winning the game uh in the third period they allowed nashville to tie it and then with just a few seconds left nashville scored to take the game all together and the and the islanders lost their seventh game in a row at ubs arena oh and seven to start any Devils fan that tells you that they thought they were the Devils were going to win this game is lying through their teeth. I don't think there was a single person in the, on in this fan base that believed that the Devils um, were going to win. I think we all knew with the way things have gone, especially the last eight years in this organization, that when certain teams are on a streak uh, or looking to try to break a streak, the Devils usually are the team that they get it done against. Or we drop games to teams that we shouldn't lose to that have been struggling and we give them some life. And that's not the case with the Philadelphia Flyers, but in a lot of other cases, it's been that way. 
So I had very little to no confidence going into this one. Um, and the Devils were dealt with adversity before puck drop. First of all, uh, Akira Schmid, who um, was making his NHL debut because Jonathan Bernier is going to be out long term with a hip injury. Relatively the same injury that Miles Wood has been dealing with. And there is um, speculation that this could be a season-ending type of injury because Lindy Ruff spoke about how concerned he was about the long-term effect of this injury for Bernier. And it's incredible that the last three veteran backup goaltenders that we've had, not including Scott Wedgwood, have dealt with things that they had never dealt with before until they got here. I mean, in, in uh, Corey Schneider's case, it was, you know, he had played here for several years. And I think just the amount of wear and tear on his body from how many games he had to play in those difficult years where we weren't scoring and we didn't have solid defense, which we still are struggling to have. Um, but it, it's, it, you know, he was dealing with that. And then you had Corey Crawford last year decide to retire before the season even began. And then Jonathan Bernier, he had that awful game last week against the Winnipeg Jets. And we're starting to think that something was wrong. Like he got hurt in that game and that's where it was. Cause that was the last time we saw him before we got this injury news. Um, and depending on, on how things go in the next couple of days before Thursday's episode, I may put together a list of potential options for a veteran goaltender that the devils may decide to do. Some might sound really ridiculous. Some, maybe not so much. We shall see. I want to give this a couple more days to see where things go. Um, and it's frustrating as well because Nico Dawes is going to be out for a, a decent amount of time because he got hurt while playing in Utica. So uh, Merrick's mittens got called up from the ECHL to play in Utica and Akira Schmid got called up to, um, to the Devils. So, and Akira Schmid, 8-0-2 to start the season, arguably the best goaltender in the AHL up until this point, because obviously he's not playing there right now, but he got the start in net. So that was kind of, um, that was a pretty exciting thing. But then we got dealt with some even worse news. Just before this game started, we got word that both Nico Heischer and Ryan Graves got put on the COVID-19 list. And that is a big uh-oh type of thing. Because if you remember, the Devils had a COVID outbreak. One of the three teams that get got hit very hard by COVID and were out for 16 days. And it really affected them because I honestly believe that a lot of the, like Andreas Johnson is the biggest example. He really struggled the rest of the year. And I think COVID had a lot to do with that. And you could see how much better he is now being fully healthy. Same thing with Jack Hughes, other than the fact that he was out missing 16, 17 games with that shoulder injury. But you're looking at that and you're going, that is not good. Um, so the way it works, as far as I know, is that you got to get two negative tests before you can, um, you could be cleared. Uh, to come back. So there's a chance that Graves and Nico might miss two or three games uh, unless this thing gets out of hand. And we know about the new Omicron variant, things like that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not good. And the NHL hasn't had 
severe cases of COVID since the season started, but you saw what happened with Ottawa. You saw what happened with the Islanders. And, you know, there's player, there's a couple players here and there that have been on the list. Um, but, you know, it's still a concern. So you can see how much, you know, it's, it's frustrating that they are both going to be out and especially two big pieces to this whole core of the team. Um, so the, the Devils were going into this game shorthanded. So you're starting a rookie goaltender in his NHL debut and you have your captain and one of your top defensemen out. So if that didn't give you a bigger reason to not believe this team was going to win, I, I really don't know what else um, you could say. But but the Devils were able to strike first on a partial breakaway by Jesper Brack, who continues to just be on fire. He's really racking up the points. Eight goals. Getting that goal was his eighth of the year. 16 assists. I mean, he's he's definitely on pace to have a career year. Uh, which is great to see for him. Siegenthaler got the loan assist. was on a partial breakaway. Um, and that came uh, with about two, a little less than three minutes to go in the period. Um, so that was, so that was good. But as per usual, 44 seconds later, the Devils gave up the tying goal and a goal by Noah Dobson on the power play because our penalty kill continues to, uh, continues to struggle. Um, but then the Devils, the Devils, about 40 seconds later, got the lead back as Jack Hughes with one of his best goals we've seen in his young career, came down the left side, wound up with the slap shot, and he beat Sorokin far left side on the glove side and scored. And it was a beautiful slapper, and that's something that we're hoping to see more of with Jack Hughes, and that was a big-time goal. And you felt good. You felt good. Because that's where things stood at the end of the first period. You're up two to one and you're thinking, okay, we're, we're a little depleted right now. And, uh, you know, we're starting a really goaltender, but Schmid's been playing well. He's made some good saves and we got our, you know, we, we took the lead, gave it back, you know, gave it up and then came back and retook the lead. So let's see what happens. Um, from that point on, the devils looked like dog shit. Again, uh, it started with not surprisingly, Former uh, Islander Andy Green scoring his first goal of the year on a slapper from the point, which tied the game up at two. Uh, and that came 8.33 into the second period. And then the Devils went on a power play with about four and a half, little more than four and a half minutes to go in the period. And a bad, as usual, bad sequence right by the Devils bench. Uh, just trying to get the puck up into the offensive zone leads to uh, J.G. Pajot getting the puck and passing it to a wide-open Zach Parise, the former New Jersey Devils captain, who went off on a breakaway, went through the legs of Akira Schmid into the back of the net and scored a shorthanded goal, the fourth or fifth shorthanded goal that this team has given up this season. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But, the, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point score. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. 
If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you could still get in on all the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prices all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And the Devils went down 3-2. to two. And I remember at that point, I was just so pissed off. And I stopped watching. I actually stopped watching. Now, granted, I did a live watch along of the Columbus Blue Jackets Seattle Kraken game um, on Saturday night. So I had to get ready for that. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't, even if I wanted to watch the third, I really couldn't. But I, I, I chose not to. I chose to set up early because I was too pissed off about that. And I knew the Devils weren't going to score again. I knew that they weren't going to win. And when it was three to two, I said to my dad who was watching the game, I said to him, I, I go, well, Andy Green, former devil, scored scored a goal. Zach Parise, former devil, scored he scored a goal. Kyle Palmieri, who's had an abysmal season with the Islanders this year for whatever reason, I was expecting wholeheartedly, whether it was an empty net or not, he was going to score a goal and they were going to lose four to two or five to two. That was the way I saw it. Um, JG Peugeot would add another goal uh, in the third period, which made it four to two. And that was all she wrote as the Devils went down with a whimper and lost this game four to two, giving the Islanders in their eighth game at home this year, their first win at the UBS arena. So a little bit of history was made by this Devils team once again for the wrong reasons. And I think what made it worse about both Andy Green and Zach Parise scoring, not just because of their former Devils, but because both of them, that was their first goal of the season. That was their first goal of the year. They had not scored up until that point and were 20 plus, 25 or so games into the season. That really is frustrating as well. And the game-winning goal ended up being a shorthanded goal while we were on the power play. And it's just absolutely ridiculous the Devils were 0 for 3 on the power play in this one. So that makes it 0 for 7 in the last two games. And they've scored four power play goals in the last 60-some-odd attempts. I don't know how Mark Recchi continues to have a job and get paid when the power play is the second worst in the National Hockey League. And one of my favorite accounts to follow, uh, another really good guy uh, in Devils community, Devils Red Alert on Twitter, um, really good guy, very smart guy. He shared this. It was a couple hours ago on Sunday. He said this. Um, he showed the three worst power plays in the National Hockey League uh, up, you know, at the time of this recording. Number 30 is the Montreal Canadiens. To, uh, their percentage is 13.1%. The New Jersey Devils have the 31st worst power play in the NHL at 12.7%. And not surprisingly, the Arizona Coyotes have the worst at 32nd with a 12.1%. We are 0.6% better than the Arizona Coyotes. And if we keep this up in the next week or so, 
we will probably have the worst power play in the NHL. It's unbelievably frustrating um, that this team continues to do things the way that they do, especially this year, and especially with the team that we have. We have so much talent, and it's not just Devils fans saying that. People around the NHL, smart hockey people, recognize that the Devils are one of those teams that's on the rise, that they have a lot of talent, they have a deep farm system, that there's a lot to be excited about. And look, I still feel confident that in the next couple of years, this team will be ultra, ultra competitive. I still believe that as, you know, being emotional and also being somewhat, you know, realistic, I, I do believe that it is possible. I do believe that. I think that that will be the case. But it's one of those things, it's one of those losses, and it's one of those years where you feel like the season is coming to an end and we're not even at Christmas. Now, let me also just point this out. The Devils game against the Islanders was just the 26th game of the season. So you have 50, let me think about this. So let's see, 82 minus 26. This is really how, like, how bad it is for me when it comes. So let's see. We got um, 60, 59, 57, 57. We have 56 games left to go in the season as far as I know. Um, yeah, we have 56 games to go in the season. And we still have potentially the Olympics. Uh, we, I think it's less and less likely that the NHL is going to be going to the Olympics. But it's still a possibility. Nothing has changed. Um, but the Devils are 10, 11, and 5. Uh, which gives them 25 points. They are still only four points out of a playoff spot behind the Detroit Red Wings. They are two points behind Columbus, and they are three points behind Boston. Those are the two teams that are in front of the Devils when it comes to um, that spot. They are three points in front of the Philadelphia Flyers, who have 22. I will say this. When I looked at, at this team at the beginning of the year and people were asking me, what did I think the Devils were going to do um, this season? I felt like that most likely this team was probably going to finish uh, either just out of the playoffs or at best the eighth seed, the second wild card. And look, it's still very possible that this could be the case. A lot can change between now and a month from now. A lot has changed between late November, well, the mid to late November to now mid to late December. A lot has changed since then. I mean, a month ago, we were talking about how this team is exceeding expectations and playing really good hockey, even with Jack Hughes being out. But right now, they are really struggling. I mean, they really, really are. And it's very frustrating. The Devils have won something like three of their last 13 or 14 games. I mean, they have, we've seen a lot of losing of late. And we've seen a lot of the same stuff that we've seen for the last seven, eight years. And every Devils fan out there has a right to be upset, has a right to be pissed off. Because being this mediocre, being this bad, is not fun. It's very frustrating. Because you know when you watch other teams, we all talk about 
at, at times, how jealous at times we are, how envious we are of some other teams and what they're doing. I mean, I just watched uh, Columbus play Seattle and both of those teams, you know, it, it was a really good game. And Columbus is in a rebuilding year and they have, they certainly in some ways have figured out even with line eight out, they've still been able to get wins and get points and score consistently. And especially on this power play, the devils at times just seem to be doing the same damn things every single game, every single year. And it's unbelievably frustrating. Now, one of my good friends and one of the more popular fan pages for the Devils on Instagram, uh, Devils Central NJ, which you guys should go follow, please. Um, she, that uh, that page gives you updates on things and gives you the most up to date things that uh, that you can get for Devils fans. It helps me a lot as well to keep up to date, so I can share things as well on uh, the Devil's State of Mind social. Uh, they made a post uh, after the game against Nashville that apparently Patrick Eliash, who we all know and love, uh, sat with um, David Blitzer, who really right now is the main person in charge of the Devils' ownership. Uh, he sat with Blitzer and uh, Tom Fitzgerald. I think also Ken Danico sat with them as well. And a lot of people have been speculating that is there a possibility that the Devils are thinking about bringing in former players to maybe be replacements uh, for some of the assistant coaches. You know, what is the case? I also, I believe I did mention this um, in the last episode. And if I didn't, I'll mention it again. Um, we have also heard some, we've heard several rumors that uh, Lindy Ruff's seat is getting hotter and hotter by the day with the way the Devils have been playing of late that Tom Fitzgerald is starting to get very upset with the fact that this team is too talented for them not to be playing better. And it makes no sense when your star defenseman who you paid a lot of money to bring in and, 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 uh, and play here is averaging between 17, and 18 minutes a game when he should be averaging 21 to 22 minutes per game. Same thing with some of the other top players that we have on this team. I don't really know exactly what the devil's, coaching staff, Lindy Ruff, Mark Recchi, Elaine Nasruddin, uh, all those guys, I don't know exactly what they're trying to do. And you look at when they decided to break up the line of Andreas Johnson, Jesper Brett, and Dawson Mercer. Other than Jesper Brett, that, those guys have really struggled since then. Johnson is not the same. Mercer, you know, has faded into... Uh, where we at times we don't even we we forget that he's on the team because sometimes he's just not doing anything, and they were talking about trying to balance the lines and trying to get other guys going. It's it has not worked. A lot of the things the Devils have tried, as we've seen in other years, has just not worked. And I sometimes question the players themselves and wondering to myself if they don't believe in themselves. I also think sometimes that maybe we just don't have enough guys in this team that are true leaders on the ice that want to shoot the puck, that want to be aggressive. I think sometimes we have a lot of players on this team that are very passive, that are that everybody's looking for answers and nobody is stepping up, including the coaching staff. Now, look, I understand that a lot of people's expectation was the Devils, again, were another year away from the playoffs. 
But let me just explain something to anybody who is not a Devils fan and, and is not watching this team and hasn't watched this team in the last almost decade. This team has gotten very, this organization has gotten very comfortable with being mediocre to bad. As you saw in the last several years, we've had the first overall pick twice. We've accepted that. And I think sometimes with the way we react as fans sometimes is that we have accepted and gotten used to this team constantly underperforming and being at the bottom of the standings and being very frustrating to watch. Um, I've, you know, I, I've debated at times, especially over the last you know couple of days, if I want to go to another game this year, you know, the devils had the toy drive this past week and I was debating left and right. Did I want to actually make a donation to go to a game? Of course I would want to make a donation to help people. That would be the main reason I would do it. Um, but I also just, it's like last year, I, I said before that other than COVID and all that, I didn't want to go watch this team because this team wasn't playing that well and they weren't winning a whole lot. So what made me, what made, what was the reason that I wanted to go? I understand the whole fun about going to a game and, you know, being there live. It's great. But if you're going to these games and the team is underperforming and losing at home in front of your home fans, you know, it's not that fun. It's not, to, you know, you, you leave the game, you go home and you're like, eh, I could have just watched this game at home and been upset at home and not spent, you know, however much money I did to get tickets. Um, but I don't know what's going to happen with this coaching staff. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's just so unbelievably frustrating. Um, that's that. Uh, Devil's Red Alert, as I mentioned before on Twitter, put this out earlier on Sunday. They, uh, This person said, wanted to say, last night I was saying, and this was talking about Saturday, saying not to let the Devils ruin your mood too much when they lose. And I still stand by that. And I can understand that. However, the way they've played over the last month plus or so is simply not good enough, not even close. This team is way better than they've played. They've won three of 13 games or something around that simply cannot happen. This is a, quote, building year, end quote, in theory, but there is nothing positive or progressive about how they have played over the last month. Outside of a few individuals, we all need more. That really is a very, very true very very true thing it's 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 so you know nailed it on the head um alex chauvency who we've had on the podcast before uh he put this out after you know during the game uh, right after the devils lost the unders he said the devil's power play is six of 55 over its last 20 games in that same stretch they've given up four short-handed goals including tonight's so in reality their power play is two for its last 55 i, I don't understand how the organization allows this type of hockey to continue to happen and be okay with it. I know somebody looked up that I believe Lindy Ruff's contract with this team is for only three years. So this is the second of that three years. So next year, if the contract is true, next year would be the last year of this contract. And I believe that the main reason that Lindy Ruff is here is to obviously develop these players. And then by the time his contract is up, we move on to the next coach. That's going to take us to the next, uh, the next step. And look, 
when I first started this podcast, one of the first episodes we talked about was finding a new head coach and the candidates that I mentioned. You know, Peter Laviolette, he has won Stanley Cups. He has taken teams to the finals. He's taken three different teams to the cup final. Carolina, Nashville, and the Flyers. This guy knows how to win. This guy's formula has worked with several teams in different decades. It's worked. And they're... And the only reason the Devils did not get it was because they didn't want to put in extra money. And uh, that's kind of lame. And that shows you that ownership is not doing everything possible to try to win. With Gerard Gallant, um, the Devils, from what I was told, uh, Gallant was somewhat interested in coaching this team, but the Devils wanted somebody that was more about developing. So like the Devils have done in many years, they took the third option, whether that's player, coach, you know, whatever, they took the third option. That was Lindy Ruff. Lindy Ruff was the cheapest and he was considered a development coach. And you could see from his track record. But I think in some ways, Lindy Ruff's, um, Lindy Ruff's system is um, outdated. And I've said this the last couple of times. Lindy Ruff's system is like John Hines with a little bit more scoring. That's at times what I see. I see this team being able to score a little bit more, but there's a lot of similarities. Um, so I don't know. So you go into this upcoming week, you're playing the Flyers on Tuesday. Um, and that's the last time you're playing the Flyers. So you have an opportunity to possibly sweep the season series, which is always good, especially against your division opponents. Then you're at home against the Vegas Golden Knights, which we know is going to be a very tough matchup. And then you go to Detroit and you take on the uh, very talented and young Detroit Red Wings um, on Saturday, the 18th. And then you play Sunday, uh, the 19th, at home against the Penguins. So you got four games this week, this upcoming week. Um, when you look at this, realistically speaking, You'd like to think that the Devils could go two and two. But I think realistically speaking, this is a this looks like a situation where they could go one and three with probably the only win being against the Flyers. And if the Devils don't win that one, I, I the only other team that I have confidence against a little bit is maybe Detroit. But, you know, Detroit has been playing better than we have. And, uh, you know, look at their situation. So. At the end of the day, guys, because I'm kind of, I feel like I'm just kind of rambling on. At the end of the day, I'm just going to say this. Something has to change. And I'm going to keep saying that until something actually changes. Something has to change. You have Monday. I mean, you, you, you have another day to figure this out. And my question is this. How many more losses? How many more games? How many more no goal power plays are we going to have until Tom Fitzgerald and the manage and the organization decides that enough is enough. Something has to change. And if it doesn't change, as I've said before, by the time we hit the middle of fucking January, we are all going to be talking about who are we going to take in the first round with one of our early first round picks next year. And honestly, when you look at guys like Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Brett Zaka, Severson, um, guys like that who have been here the last several years, 
I don't think any of them want to go through another year of just, well, we didn't even come close to making the playoffs. We finished at the bottom of the league. Nobody wants that. No fan wants that. And we're talking about this is another year of rebuilding. But you have to show progress. If you are not showing progress and you are constantly still underperforming, then that clearly means that who you have in place is not doing the job. And I don't know who is the right person to come in and do the job, but you have to at least try something. You have to at least try something to figure this out. We've already seen several teams make make changes, you know, with with uh, Montreal doing their thing with Mark Bergevin, uh, the 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 Vancouver Canucks basically cleaning house and bringing in Bruce, uh, Bruce Boudreaux, which was a great decision, in my opinion. The, the freaking Philadelphia Flyers finding firing um, Elaine Vigneault. I mean, there, there has to be something. There's been, it's been already proven that changes can be made at this early stage of the year. And I know that some people think that that might be drastic, but how much longer do we have to, as fans, sit there and get angry and frustrated and discouraged watching this. It's not good. This team is too talented to be playing this shitty. And I don't know what's going to happen long-term with the goaltending situation. I don't know what lines need to be moved around. I don't know. But the Devils, it seems like in a lot of these games, do the same things, and they get the same results. It's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, knowing the results and still choosing to do it. And that to me is ridiculous. So the devil's got to figure this out. They have to figure this out. And if they don't, like I said, by the time we hit a month from now, we're going to be in a very, very bad spot, low at the, towards the bottom of the standings again. And nobody wants that. So that's really all I got to say from all this. Uh, what you know, if you agree with me, great. If you disagree with me, I would love to hear from you guys on Twitter at Devil State, also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind. Um, you know, I'm just speaking as somebody who is frustrated. I'm speaking as somebody who also understands that the expectation should have been, you know, shouldn't be this, shouldn't be that. But as a fan, just watching this team when they and the fact that over the last seven, eight years, we've seen this team lose a lot more than win. You get very tired of it after a while. And you wonder when you're going to stop talking about a bright future. And we start talking about a bright present.